Hello. Today, we're going to be exploring the future of digital asset trading and how Bitcoin SV can contribute to that. My guest is the general manager of Fabric Markets, which is promising to, quote, transform, hold, trade and grow every asset you own. Well, Fabric itself is owned by the Toronto-based Bayesian Group. And from there, I'm delighted to be joined by Stephen Walt. Hi, Stephen. Hey, thanks for having me. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for, for coming on the show. Um, now, let's start perhaps with a, you could give us an overview of fabric markets, because there are a lot of different businesses that you're in, or at least compartments that they fit into. I've, I've been reading about market making, liquidity provision and custody and so on. So can you just give me a sort of thumbnail sketch of the business? Absolutely. Um, so Fabric Markets is really the digital asset services arm of the Fabric Group. Um, we have three main services that uh, we've developed. Uh, the first, as you mentioned, is market making. The, the second one is something that we call liquidity provision. And the third is our white glove OTC desk. Um, so I'll start with market making. Uh, market making is a service we provide to typically uh, non-anonymous, decentralized digital asset issuers, as well as exchanges. And it's a service that we provide to thicken up order books. So when you look at an exchange and you look at all the orders, we make markets, we add orders into the order book, and we really improve liquidity and the overall trading experience. Um, with liquidity provision, it's an API-based trading service. And what that means is it's programmatic trading. If you want to build some code to trade with us, that's exactly what we do. Um, and, and most, I would say most trading shops have an API, but what we do on top of that is that we absorb the price risk. And what I mean by that is you and I both know digital asset prices change every second. Uh, we're looking at BSV, you know, fluctuating a dollar every couple of minutes here. What we do is we use some really outstanding algorithms that are helped, uh, that are developed by our in-house quants and PhDs to forecast volatility and try and, uh, and, and fix a price for up to 15 minutes. So it's useful for those such as payment processors or BTMs that want to provide time to their customers to transact. So we provide a stable fixed price for up to 15 So minutes. you're taking the risk on that? On exactly. Yeah. yeah, we take a, a educated educated risk where we, um, we try and forecast um, what volatility will be. And we price accordingly. So um, we, we, we quote on a all-in net price. And what that means is, let's say, um, let's say BSV, uh, we quote for $200. That's your all-in execution price. And we will honor that price for up to 15 minutes, depending on how much time our customers want. Right. Um, and so, then, so this is, let's just, I mean, just to get to an even more basic level, you only deal with decentralized digital assets, right? Exactly. That's so correct. That's a fairly limited, what are we talking about there? We're talking about Bitcoin, three kinds of Bitcoin. Exactly. Uh, BSV, uh, BTC, um, BCH right now. Uh, we won't deal with, uh, you know, the anonymous digital assets out there, such as the Moneros of the world. 
So is it um, just those three, or is there other? Are there others? We we also support. We we plan on supporting uh, Ethereum, uh, others as well. Uh, really not limited so much by um, the the type of uh, let's say coin. It's more uh, we, we can submit. We can support anything our our potential customers would like. However, if it's an anonymous uh, currency, we, we will not support that. Right, and when you talk about um... Was it thickening the order book? Yes. Um, it sounds like you need to sort of produce a whole lot of money and trades and everything to to happen at the same. I mean, where does all that come from? Where, where do you access <laughs> those resources? That's a great question. It's a great question. So let's say um, uh, an exchange wants to improve their liquidity on a certain trading pair. Let's say it's BSV USD. What we can actually do is we, we have inventory and we can plug into other exchanges and liquidity venues and we can pull in liquidity from those venues into that exchange where, for example, let's say there's an order to buy BSV on another exchange. We can mirror that into an exchange um, and, and, and using, our, using our inventory. So you are making trades in order to make that happen and you're buying things in order to make that happen, are you? We we put limit orders out there, so um, we will not actually um, we we don't artificially inflate any kind of volumes. Uh, we we only there will only be trading activity on the exchange when someone trades with us, uh, someone external in the market. So um, we if somebody, for example, on the exchange we're trying to supply liquidity to does take out our order, we might then go ahead and hedge that order on another liquidity venue. Right. So you're again you're providing a kind of backup against against bad things happening <laughs> exactly exactly and, and say say uh charles you you were a uh an issuer uh a digital asset token issuer and you wanted to list your token at day one there might be um one trader in the market there might be two traders but there there might nobody really may be there at, at the beginning so that's where we come in and we uh, we use our our proprietary technology uh, and inventory to place bids and asks to really form a market for this token, uh, and it and it ensures proper price discovery. Right. So we're going to get on to tokenization in a minute, I hope. But just in relation to what you've talked about so far, how innovative or how how much competition is there out there for this kind of business that you you've described? There's a lot of competition in the space, uh, particularly when it comes to market making, um, as well as OTC, which I'll be talking about very shortly. I'd say less so on the liquidity provision side. And, and as I mentioned, what I think we're, we're planning on doing with liquidity provision is, is really disruptive when it comes to absorbing the price risk for up to 15 minutes. I don't, re I don't really see anyone out there doing that. Um, on the OTC side, there are a lot of OTC desks. Uh, and, and just to summarize what we do there very quickly, we help institutions uh, such as hedge funds, asset managers, as well as individuals, um, individuals looking to tra transact higher than, let's say, $100,000 uh, US at a time. We help them buy or sell digital assets. And that's, the, that's our OTC white glove service. And there's a lot of people doing that. What we do differently is we have uh, we're, we're planning on launching a number of different algos, and what I mean by algos are different ways of executing an order. 
So most um, mo most desks out there, Charles, they they quote um, a single price, and which is fantastic. So let's say you wanted to buy BSV, they'll say you're all in execution prices two hundred. We do that, but uh, what we're planning on doing as well is offering additional ways of entering into or exiting out of positions. So for example, let's say you have a really large position. You're a hedge fund with a $100 million position. We're planning on having the ability for that fund to use some, some traditional algorithms that are available in the traditional financial space, but catered towards the digital, the digital asset space. So for example, I'm not sure if you've heard of something called a TWAP, a time-weighted average price algorithm. It basically takes a big order and splits it over a longer period of time to reduce right. market impact. We've adapted that um, and we're planning on launching that in the future for, for institutions to use. Right. Um, your own background is in the more traditional financial markets, I think, before, before you got your current job. I mean, how much is what you're talking about simply a question of taking accepted uh, practices and uh, methodologies and applying it in this new area of digital assets? Yeah, I would say most of my experience is, is traditional finance. I've been involved in digital assets for, for a long time. And there are so many similarities between the two. I think ultimately um, where the digital asset industry is right now, maybe the traditional asset uh, industry was 20, 30 years ago. Uh, it's still very, very early days in, in my opinion. So we can borrow a lot of the things from the traditional asset space into the digital asset space. And we're seeing that with institutions coming into the space and bringing best practices and and um, a lot of different innovative services to, to the industry, such as, for example, OTC-based trading. Well, if you want to expand the digital asset side of things, is it better that people on the traditional end of things think, oh, it's pretty much the same? Or do you want to emphasize how different it is and, and the new opportunities? I think ultimately um, what we're trying to do is uh, enable the a system for the billions that are locked out and the billions that are locked in to play in the digital asset space. And um, Oftentimes, what's familiar is what works the best. So we, we, we're trying to build simple products that people understand and can say, oh, yeah, I, I know how a stock works, so I, I, I know how to buy a digital asset. Um, so we're, we're really trying to take that approach in, in most areas, and we're trying to make things um, very, very simple. Um, what we've seen are uh, those that have been successful are the ones that can best um, really take what people are used to and apply that to the digital asset space. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about um, helping the billions who've been locked out, I don't, well, as you mentioned, your minimum trade starts at $100,000. Um, what does that really mean then? How, how are the billions going to benefit from this? At the Fabric Group overall, um, we're, we're, we're planning on launching a number right. of things, including an exchange, a custody business, um, and, but really, the exchange, for example, could be more um, oriented uh, towards microtransactions. Um, but what, what we're doing at Fabric Markets is really um, trying to focus on the trade aspect. Uh, and and if, you, if you, for example, were, uh, wanted to buy a dollar's worth of a, new, of a new token that wouldn't otherwise have a market, we're there to support that. 
Right. And for example, if you if you custodied, um, if you had a hundred dollars in in a custodial account, we're the one um, that that in if you want to form a block transaction with, let's say, there were a, a thousand other users that want to do the same thing, we can facilitate that liquidity. Right. So, well, let's get on to the more innovative end of things, shall we? Which is, um, I think, around tokenization. You said that you're going to be able to, uh, the users are going to be able to create these pure utility tokens. Um, and that to, to start with, they won't um, neither possess nor represent monetary value. So perhaps you could just describe um, in fact, I talked to your colleague Eric Bernhardt about this uh, a while ago, uh, at, at a, you know, presumably at a slightly earlier stage of its development. But just would you just explain what these tokens are if they have no monetary value? So uh, utility tokens are typically tokens that are created uh, for use on a platform. Um, you know, if you uh, uh, if you think of like a, a loyalty token mm -hmm. um, or something like that, ultimately we think that um, there there's there's a lot of opportunity on the tokenization side, and that is one area. That's just one area of what we're doing at the Fabric Group, um, and how it kind of plays into Fabric Markets is that we, uh, for example, if you want to tokenize something, if you want to tokenize um, a painting. Uh, we can be uh, the one that that supplies the liquidity to that market. Um, but when it comes to how how could something have non-monetary value, there's many different areas of of what tokens can be and and their and their utility. So uh, if you, for example, wanted to trade on an exchange, they can provide you their own token that can be used to lower trading fees or something like that. Or you can use it to vote on the direction. Of of uh, of what the exchange does next, whether it comes to the next listing or something like that. Yeah, because you've got a a tool which allows anyone to create their own token very very simply. And in fact, when I was talking to Eric, he was talking about teachers create could create tokens that would you know reward uh, pupils and stuff in a in a classroom, which is a is a is a nice idea. But I mean, just going back to what you mentioned about like tokenizing a painting, for instance. What would be the legal side of that? If I said, right, well, in fact, you can see a painting on my wall here. It's a photograph that a friend of mine took. Um, if I wanted to tokenize that, um, and I said, well, it's well, let's let's be kind and say it's worth a hundred pounds, um, <laughs> um, and then I, I went onto your thing and I said, right, I'll create you know a hundred tokens for this thing. How would that actually work? I mean, what? How would somebody who owned a bit of the token be able to really relate it to the object itself? Uh, ultimately, let's say let, let's talk about the high level process. You would take that painting and and store it with a custodian, and that custodian will verify that, uh, for example, that that is authentic painting and it's worth a hundred pounds. Uh, then they can issue, uh, let's say, a hundred tokens. Uh, ultimately, the price of that token is determined by by supply and demand. So there's only 100 tokens, uh, and and the market will tell you what those tokens are worth. If if in fact the painting is worth 100 pounds, the tokens in theory should trade around one pound per per token. Right. So you yeah you don't have to decide what what it's worth. You just create X number of tokens, and then when people start buying and selling them, you'll find out what it's worth. I suppose. Exactly, and that's that's what I love about the the free market is. Um, 
you know, pr proper price discovery. And let's say that paint that painting tomorrow then gets a we we find out it was a very rare painting and is actually worth a million dollars. Well, in theory, um, people uh, in in the marketplace will be bidding up the price of the token to match that of of the true value of the painting. But it does depend on some um, reliable custody of the painting itself continuing, doesn't it? Because if somebody unlocks it and goes down the market and sells it in a couple of years' time, these tokens, whatever they may in theory be worth, um, aren't really worth anything at all. That's a good point. I, I, for In the case of a painting, I think, yeah, you're, it, it does require proper um, uh, custody of, of the painting. Right. Well, okay, so you've got this tool for, for creating tokens. And, you know, that's great that it's so simple. Are you thinking that, um, for instance, fiat currencies could be turned into tokens using this kind of tool? Um, I, I think it, it's definitely a possibility. Um, I, I'm not a legal expert, but I think there, there might be some legal implications uh, towards creating a, a, a token that's, you know, uh, backed by, let's say, a, a currency. Um, the platform is very flexible, uh, and it's one that that we love. We look forward to supporting with Fabric Markets. You know, whether it be a new token that that's that's listing uh, on an exchange, and we want to be become the market maker, or if you have uh, a large supply of that token, and maybe their liquidity on an exchange isn't isn't very high, uh, you you can come uh, when when we're launched to our OTC desk, and we can help you. You know liquidate or if you wanted to buy a large large block of those tokens we can also help help you i mean you, you have said on your website that you're working towards offering security tokens and stable coins so that's in the same sort of area i suppose it would be yes and obviously uh the support for those would be subject on the appropriate uh subject to the acquiring the appropriate licenses right and then what about customized smart contracts what what sort of potential do you see there? I think there's a lot. Um, and um, I, I love to get Eric to join us uh, on the discussion today. But uh, there, there's a lot of opportunity on that side. You can see, obviously, Ethereum um, ha has has done done very well with, with smart contracts. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity on the BSV network. We don't have to get into the, the scalability. Um, and and I, I think there's a lot to do. Uh, at Fabric Markets, we're primarily focused on uh, digital asset services supplying. We want to become the one-stop shop for liquidity. Right. You've recently acquired Money Button. What was the thinking behind that, and what what does Money Button bring to the party, as far as you're concerned? Ultimately, as I said before, um, we feel that people gravitate to um, things that are simple and they understand. Um, ultimately. As, as, as I said, the digital asset space is still in its early days and there's a lot of complications. Uh, not many people know how to store digital assets. Not many people know how to even acquire them in the first place. Um, the, the thinking is that ultimately we think people are going to need a centralized place, uh, a wallet from which they're, they're going to be able to really manage their own finances. So if you want to store digital assets uh, such as BSV, or if you want to store uh, tokens created from, um, uh, you know, the the, the painting, um, that would be the central place to do so. Right, because Money Button has announced that it is now 
able to um, deal with tokens as well, I guess. That that's that's the idea. We want it to become a central place for all things. So um, to tokens, digital assets, that's we that that's the vision. Just tell me about your relationship to BSV, because it's not just trading BSV, but it's actually using BSV as a platform as well, I think, isn't it? Exactly. Generally speaking, I think we believe that there's a there's a lot of power that comes with the BSV ecosystem. The the blockchain um, is, is extremely scalable, and we we've chosen it, for example, to support uh, tokenization. And we think it's it's a fantastic blockchain to uh, to use uh, in order to tokenize something. Um, and and on on the the market side, we're planning on uh, supplying an, a large amount of liquidity for for, for BSV. So we, we believe that it is a, a great digital asset and ecosystem to support. Great. I mean, there's been so much uh, activity in, in the BTC market over the last few weeks. Um, you know, it just seems to have just gone crazy, really. But I mean, what's the fallout from that as far as your business is concerned? Or does it actually not make that much difference? So... Um, when we when we launch these products, ultimately for a um, a business that is trying to supply liquidity, the more uh, trading that occurs, the better. The more volatility that occurs, the better. Um, so, the the prices that we've seen over the last few weeks is overall very positive for the industry, and as a result, I believe it's very positive for fabric markets. Um, it, it legitimizes the industry. It brings in a lot. It attracts a lot of new entrants. And and those entrants will will have liquidity needs if if they for example want to um, uh, buy or sell a large block of BSV uh, or BTC that's something that we're planning on supporting. Um, there's many different areas that that we can that we can work there. Um, but overall, I think the the prices that we've seen recently are very very positive for the whole digital asset space. Yeah, I mean, does it surprise you at all that Bitcoin SV's price hasn't? really moved in anything like as dramatic a way as BTC, for instance? It does, candidly. Um, when, when, you know, sometimes in the traditional space, uh, you see certain stocks that are, uh, in your view, they could be undervalued. Um, and um, you're, you're wondering why, you know, if, if with all the public information, why hasn't that price changed? And this is not investment advice whatsoever. No, we don't give investment yeah, advice on this program. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, so, for when it comes to BSV, candidly, I, I am surprised that um, it, it hasn't, you know, had as big of a run uh, as BTC. Particularly when you consider th the fact that it, that it can scale, um, but uh, also the ratio between uh, BSV to BTC is at a near near an all time low. So it is very very surprising. Well, there's obviously a, an awful lot going on, Stephen. What are you looking forward to seeing happen in the business over the next six months or a year, perhaps? We're, we're looking forward to launching um, market-making liquidity provision uh, in OTC. And, and more specifically on OTC, we're really looking forward to helping institutions and individuals transact, uh, not just in spot markets, but obviously subject to licensing uh, derivatives as well. Um, just, just hang on one second, because just for anyone who's not familiar with it, OTC is over the counter. And that is a sort of well, you describe it sometimes as a white glove service, which I rather like. It's to do with is, it, you don't actually get a butler, but you do have <laughs> um, you do have your own 
um, sort of real human being that you can talk to as a trader. Is that right? And that's why it's a kind of premium service. That's correct. And and if if our potential customers would like a butler, that's something we can absolutely explore. Um, but it, it's really it's it, as I said before, the space is uh, oftentimes confusing. And we we will walk any institution or individual through the process and and provide best practices. And you you can speak with humans. Um, you know, hey, what's the price of this? What's the price of that? How does this work? That that's really the approach we take. Um, and and we're seeing a lot of demand not just for spot transactions. When I say spot, I mean buying BSV and receiving delivery of the BSV but as well as derivatives. And we mentioned earlier in our discussion, Charles, there's a lot of institutions stepping into the space and those institutions will want things such as options and futures. And we're looking forward to, to supporting that. Great. Well, uh, well, let, before you go, let me just ask you a, a very basic question. How many people work for fabric markets? Well, just give me an idea of the, the actual office or whatever it is. Yeah, well, well, in these interesting times, uh, offices are 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 very different. But uh, mm. at the Fabric Group, we have around a hundred uh, hundred employees. Right, and and is that growing? That's growing every every week. Great. Well, and maybe one day you'll all be able to turn up in the same space and actually say hello to each other. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that day. You know, I, I when I joined the company, it was much, much smaller. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to see it grow from a, a handful of people to around around 100 today. And most of those people I, I haven't even uh, met in person. Right. Well, it's been great <laughs> talking to you, Steve. Thank you so much for your time and, and really interesting discussion. Thank you very much, Charles. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks very much to Stephen Walt from Fabric Markets. And Stephen tells me that Toronto is even colder than London this week, although he loves it as a city. Thanks very much for listening to this CoinGeek conversation, and there'll be another one next week. So until then, from me, Charles Miller, goodbye.